welcome, 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 welcome to the show. Welcome to Critical Thinking for Everyone! Welcome to our listeners who are new and the listeners who are returners and does that cover everyone? Um, listeners who are new, reluctant, yeah. oh, so who stumbled well, on Well, I mean, us? you can go into subcategories, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're new or you're a returner. Okay. I think. I don't know how much we want to put people, give people labels, you Do know? we need a whole taxonomy of our listeners? Well, this is something profile? that's important, right? We're always talking about critical thinking taxonomy, so maybe we need to go into the taxonomy of the person. Well, I just have to say, if you're listening, thank you for listening. Oh, yeah. I think that probably was the point. Anyway, I'm Brian Barnes, and uh, I do taxonomies of thinking. And, and I'm Patty Payette, and I help him do taxonomies of she thinking. She does her own taxonomies. <laughs> she doesn't need me at all. Um, and we do this show. <clears throat> We've been doing this show, and, and our commitment to you, dear listener, is to take this crazy, quirky esoteric thing called critical thinking and bring it down to earth and make it sound vital and fun and interesting and valuable mostly most importantly valuable yeah yeah and let me throw out a teaser not only are we going to be bringing you the dulcet and sultry sounds of critical thinking (laughs) we will also be bringing you the visualization of critical thinking very, very soon. So look for those announcements. We will be doubling up with our video platform action. So we would love to have you involved. Exciting. Yeah. Our very first show that we're going to record, have a video along with the audio. Yeah. So if you're wondering, if you've heard us talk about Brian's crazy hair and you're like, wow, I get to see Brian's hair. Yeah. Or you want to see. You could just Google me for that. But <laughs> oh, I don't mean to. Spo- I shouldn't spoil that, should I? No, Going don't spoil it. Let, yeah, give let, him a reason suspense. to tune in to see your hair. I want him to tune in for the good thinking. I mean, talk <laughs> about some weak sense critical thinking business. I mean, sophistry. Tuning into a critical Tune thinking show. Tune in for shows the critical thinking and love hair? the hair. Well, the thing is that that is one of the issues because probably we're going to be on a platform like YouTube. Yeah. And there's a lot of doing stuff to get people to watch that has nothing to do with anything that we might mm. call good thinking. Mm. And so we might need to think about what our positioning is once we become a, a video thing. Oh, you just gave me a brilliant idea. Whoa. The insights are fast and furious to critical thinking for everyone. Here's what we're going to do. All right. We're going to create our own YouTube channel for this this show. Okay? Yes, yes. Because we do have some other YouTube videos that are sitting on my – where we've done some promos. Oh, for, sure. You know um, – uh, can't think of what it's called now, but anyway. Pancake mix. Uh, no. <laughs> anyway, we'll Call move our this. short videos. But here's an idea. Yeah. What, if, what if, in addition to the yeah. show, yeah. you and I were out living our lives and yeah. thinking our thoughts, yeah. and all of a sudden we were in a situation where we had to use critical thinking, and yeah. we used our f- camera phone yeah. to to video us talking through the situation in that 
in the moment. Oh, yeah. I think that would be popular what stuff. What do you think about that? I think that's value added. You're starting to talk about Patreon level content oh, now. Really? So for now, just contribute to Forward Radio. See, I didn't ask for contributions to anything else. I just want to point that out to the censors who are out there about to put a, an X in the box. Nothing exists yet. There's no place for anyone to contribute except to Forward Radio. And if you care about community content, you would. ForwardRadio.org. Contribute to Forward Radio. Yeah. Hit the donut, bu- hit, hit the donut button. <laughs> no, do- there is no donut button. <laughs> I, that's, that's my Michigan accent. Donut. Donate. What the? <laughs> <laughs> like, is there a donut button? <laughs> Who made this thing? Anyway. <laughs> well, I've only been speaking English for 55 years. No, that's so okay. give me a break. You, you, take, take it at your own speed. It's fine. But, uh, okay, so you go and you get the donut button, and then you, um, you give us your time, talent, or treasure at Forward Radio. <laughs> also, if you're a person who's out there looking for paperwork to fill out to start your own radio show, it's there yeah. by the donut. Yeah. <laughs> Forwardradio.org. Well, okay. Now that we've gotten you so excited about what we have planned. Oh, yes. Uh, but before we let's just let it all go, we really should let what? them know about uh, SoundCloud. Oh, yes. So you could be listening to the show on Forward Radio or you could be listening to it on SoundCloud.com where we house... 150 plus episodes of this fine show. This might be 160. This might be 160. Yeah, I never really know until I go in there to archive it, but I I do believe this one might be 160. SoundCloud.com. You can check out uh, all Mm. of our – hey. Content for free. Hey. Hey. Did you listen to have you listened to any back episodes recently of no. our show? No, I'm always I'm always working on the front episode. Okay, because I went on vacation and I listened to some of our episodes and some of them are nice. really good. Are they? Some of them I'm like, "Eh, get to the point." Oh wow. Some did you them, did you have one that you'd recommend for people if they're um, if they're deep diving through all the oh, trash we have man, on there looking, that's for, a, looking for a pony? There's so many good ones. I for some reason I really love the lingerie incident one. It's you just You do like that one. I do like it. It's fun to and it's fun to re-listen to it. Well, one of the things about the lingerie incident is it's one of our episodes where we're not just out here freestyling, right? What do you mean? We're not just out here just do just just coming up with it, you know, on our own. Um, we're actually working off of um, mm. an incident involving right. not really. Right. Well, anyway, you can go listen to it yourself. But anyway, it's a it's a a documented incident, and it's uh, uh, has a lot of facets to think about um, from various mm-hmm. angles, and so we're able to work off of not only that thinking, but um, the thinking, of course, that we generate in the studio based on that using critical thinking tools. And that's even if you're out there going, "Wow, one of these guys is going to get to the point." We should, in every case, be providing some kind of a process. Yes, we should. Which segues really nicely into this week's show. I am, I think, facile at the segue process. We are talking about a couple interesting things today. We're talking about some... What's popping? Well, (laughs) well, we're not talking about that. We are... The Olympics just wrapped up. Did you watch the closing ceremonies on Sunday night? I didn't watch the closing ceremonies, but I did watch a good bit of um, Olympic material. You did. Now, Now, you don't... You were you watching I was not that? in the Olympics. No, I was no, I no, did not. No, no, no. I mean, this you year. were watching it. Were you? Did, <coughs> this was on home. a paid streaming service that you watched. Oh, it on? absolutely not. No, no, no. Well, no. how did you watch it then? Cause oh, you major had... major outlets. Um, you know, played uh, stuff for you to watch. But wait a minute, you don't have a TV at home, though. No, but I do have the internet. 
Oh. They put stuff on the internet, those major outlets. Have you heard of this? <laughs> so it's not just the TV anymore, <laughs> Patty. <laughs> They have these other things. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you watch some stuff on highlights yeah, on YouTube? Yeah, on my flip phone. Okay. I'm sure. <laughs> my Blackberry. Your Blackberry. <laughs> I had them page me oh, about it. Oh, back in 2007 when I got this job, they mm. said, by the way, you need to have a cell phone with this mm-hmm, job. Mm-hmm. We need you to. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And I said, I'll take a Blackberry. And the guy was like, you know, there's this new thing called an iPhone. I really think you should get the iPhone. And I was like, nope. I want a BlackBerry. He's like, wow. really? It's like really the coolest thing. It's brand new. You should try it. And I was like, nope, give me my BlackBerry. Good for you. <laughs> how long How long did you uh, rep for the BlackBerries? Oh, God. It was it was probably a good two or three years. Once you get involved in the BlackBerry pr- proprietary system, it is so hard to do other things. You're it like, is. yeah, but you go into another system. It's like everything's weird. It's like, no, 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 no. BlackBerry system is super weird. I know. And then, yeah. I, and then I get an iPhone. I'm like, this is so much better. Right. But when you're right. <laughs> but it's just like, I can't possibly learn another I system as complicated as this. I can't give up my BlackBerry. Well, you know right. I'm not a tech early adopter. You know that about me. So no surprise. Did you, get the bla- did you insist on the BlackBerry because of status? No, no, just because of familiarity. Oh, so you already had one before you came? Mm, I think I did. I guess I did. I, okay. I don't know. It's so hard to know what the history. bias is. You brought it up. <laughs> yes, I know. I had so many biases. <laughs> so the Olympics ended. Olympics, though. And there was this really interesting research about the happiness levels of different winners. And so I, I was sort of intrigued by that. Mm. And it's based on a really interesting study. And I, I because you and I have brought in sort of happiness studies into critical thinking, because how we think, because this how happy they are is related directly to how they're thinking. Sure. Their thinking is happening, sure. right? What's I mean, happening in their head? You mean they as in the Olympic athletes? These athletes, athletes. These okay. athletes yeah. Okay. So then as I was reading okay. this and saying this would be great fodder for the show, yeah. I realized that it has so much to do with perspective taking in mm. point of view. Okay. And we have never really done a really juicy segment on point of views mm. uh, that I can recall in 160 episodes. We touched on it here and there. Sure. So I thought it's well, always in the episode. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> it's always baked in somewhere. But I thought this would be fun. Okay. Well. Okay. And just for, you know, for those of us out there who are wondering, is there anything to say about point of view? There are things to say about point of view. Uh, for example, when we do intellectual analysis, one of the things that we can do is break our thinking into parts. And I'm not talking about some neurological thing. I'm not talking about a, a, a mathematical thing. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about just me thinking about my thinking, kind of like putting a mirror up to my thinking and saying, hey, what am I doing in here? And one of the things that we're always able to locate in our thinking is our own point of view. We, we have it. It's literally part of all the thinking that we do. Right. And our point of view is made up of a variety of aspects uh, which we can also identify like I'm always using concepts I'm always um, you know applying some kind of standards whether they're implicit or not Um, I'm always engaged with my own biases as part of my point of view many of which I might not be aware of Um, the Blackberry example is a good one right there. My bias, right? No, I don't want an iPhone. I want a BlackBerry because that's what I know. Okay, sure. Although, I mean, I think a lot of us might feel like that's a pretty justifiable decision to make if you... If you're offered two pieces of technology, certainly you would take the one mm, that you. Well, it definitely was a bias, though. Okay. I didn't. I did not do cr- a critical thinking move there. Oh, that's interesting because the critical thinking move. Tell me if I've got it right. The critical thinking move. You're thinking about. 
is the one where I really shouldn't compare two things unless I am able to compare each of them on their own merits. And so since you didn't know anything about the iPhone, you had no way of making an actual comparison with the BlackBerry. And so you kind of blew it from a critical thinking point of view in that regard. Yes, I made a judgment call without solid information. Without any information. Other than, oh, this one feels more comfortable to me. Sure, but like, but like you hadn't used, like you'd used the BlackBerry no. before, but you hadn't used the iPhone. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so that's a, that is a good example. When you say sure. our thinking in, in biases, that's a perfect example that I just gave. Yeah, it really is. And I wasn't thinking about it that way. I was giving you more credit than that. But, uh, you know, that's okay because all of us do it. I mean, all of us really do it. We go with what's familiar, and a lot of times the decisions that that we make are based upon us having a lot of familiarity or experience with a particular thing, and so we don't feel the need to make comparisons, right? And I imagine, I think if somebody came to me right now and was like, hey, you know, got the iPhone, but there's this new technology. You might really want to think about the new technology. I'd be like, no, I'm just going to stick with the yeah. iPhone. I don't even want yeah. to look at the new technology, right. honestly. Right. It'll be yeah. like, it's a chip we put directly into your head. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to say, that sounds fascinating. But I'll tell you what, for now, maybe we'll look really? you know, down yeah. the line. Yeah. Yep. That so, would be based on my bias. I probably wouldn't do a lot of research. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you this headline, which is basically the results of a survey. And I want you to use your critical thinking prowess, prowess. To, to, to speculate on what's going on just based on the headline. Like what is going on? Thinking about how people think and biases and point mm. of view. You tell me what you think is going on in the study, okay? okay? So here's the headline. It was from NPR, but it was other outlets too. Why bronze medalists are likely happier than those who win silver. Oh, okay, man, so I, I got, want you I got to, some ideas. Okay, all right, before you go there. All right, okay. so picture podium, okay. picture gold medal winner standing there, picture silver medal winner, and picture bronze winner. Why, why do you think studies would show bronze medalists are happier than silver, even though they're getting third versus second? What would you speculate? Well, since you bring up the the podium, I would yes. have to say that it's because of other studies that they cited in this study. I didn't read it. I'm just right. I'm just speculating. Other studies they cited in this study that showed that the silver and the gold medalists trip and injure themselves going up to those higher steps uh, way more often than the bronze medalists. The bronze uh, medalists are confident, and so when you when you take them as a body. Way more gold and silver medalists trip on the podium trying to get to those higher. That, I don't have access to that study, so I can't uh, tell you. Okay, no. Come okay, on. that was my Come thought. Come on, think about that. I did. No, think, oh. really seriously think about it. What do you think mentally? What's going on? The silver medalist is thinking what? What are they thinking when they're standing up so there? So the silver medalist is thinking, dude, a quarter of a second. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. And the bronze medalist is thinking... Dude, I'm metal. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I've been in these positions before. I absolutely. You have been an Olympic athlete. Well, I mean, I played junior Olympics, oh. and I've been at um, you know national championships and right. uh, military championships and stuff like that. Where you know there have been these opportunities to to win or to oh, I see. get you know, and so okay. you end up 
you end up with these same conversations, it's not just with yourself, often with your coach and your teammates. Like, but if you just if you just hadn't had that beer two weeks ago, if if maybe you would have just eaten your carbs like we told you. I don't right. know, whatever okay. whatever they say. But yeah, All you right. know. But you yeah. know, you because you okay. So you were able to come up with some pretty valid speculation about this just based on the headline right. because you had the point of view of being in a similar situation, right? Yeah. So you can revisit that and be like, okay, now let me ask you this. Wait, before you what? do that, I just want to point out to the people listening that you don't have to have the information that goes along with such a point of view. No, you right? don't. You could use a technique that we talk about called intellectual empathy to uh, sort of artificially create the intellectual part of the point of view such that you can try to think your way through situations in an original way, um, even though you have no idea what that thinker you're sort of copying might have done. Right. So you, in their you could, maybe you're not even an athlete. Right. And you can still relate. For by sure. Intellectual, intellectual empathy. empathy. Yeah. By and of imagining. course, it's it's. It's a little artificial, and often we won't get it quite right because we don't have that. So, but just to point out that you know, critical thinking gives us the ability to build points of view um, without having direct experience. We just do it in the intellectual side. So, but yeah, I, I totally did yeah. that out of direct experience. Yeah. So, I'm going to talk. This is really interesting research. So, let me just talk you through some points. Tell okay. Us about it. So. They, the, the, uh, one of the researchers from the University of Iowa, Andrea Longrath, um, she said that it's actually a little bit counterintuitive, right? Mm. Because you think, wow, silver, second place, they'd be happier, you know, than, than bronze. Mm. And how they even came up with this as a research study is really mm. interesting. That, you know what they did? They took all of these photos over time of, of, athletes on the podium and you know they fed them into a computer and they had the computer identified which were fake smiles and which were genuine and they started noticing a pattern where they said wait a minute what's going on with silver medalists that have these sort of pasted on smiles dude (laughs) you can't be serious this is our oh i'm so skeptical now i'm so skeptical now because that silver medalist could have been like Dude, I'll never wrestle again. <laughs> or they could have been like, dude, I hurt my ankle. Or they could have been like, wow, I won silver, but then well, but then she broke up with that's me. That's how they started. The you research. mean there's no beer on this podium? Listen. Oh, okay. That wasn't the whole thing. That's how they started the research, right? If that was the whole thing, that's not good enough from a critical <laughs> thinking point of view. I think that's what I want to point that's out a big here. Leap. That's, that's a, a big leap. That's our, so, that's maybe a, a slip and fall. Yeah, that's no, more than I a leap. I think that was <clears throat> so they noticed this trend. All right, so they noticed it with the, the computer trend. AI that right. that the silver medalists seem to not be looking as happy yeah. from the AI's point of view as the bronze medalists. Right. Okay. Right. All right. Okay. So. So then, what what else did they do? So they're researching this whole idea of again counterfactual thinking, meaning. My emotional reaction is not, is focused on what I lost, what I lacked, what I lost out on, what didn't happen, okay? And so they're making an assumption when they see the photograph of the people on the podium that whatever affect is showing up on their face is a function of 
they didn't win. Um, or they they got bronze well, instead it's of a silver. Li- yeah, whatever. let me let me read a little more here. All right. So the authors extend these findings by documenting a familiar occasion in which those who are objectively better off nonetheless feel worst. Right. So I came in second place, but why do I feel worse than the person who came in third? So in particular, they did an analysis of the emotional reactions of bronze and silver medalists at the 1992 Summer Olympics both at the conclusion of their events and on the medal stand. They, what they found that the bronze medalists tended to be happier than the silver medalists, and they attribute these results to the fact that the most compelling counterfactual alternative, alternative for the silver medalist is winning the gold, whereas for the bronze medalist, it's finishing without a medal. Yeah. So the yeah. silver medalist yeah. is comparing, I'm comparing myself to the thing that I was this close to and I didn't get, which was being the best in the whole world, getting the gold. Whereas the bronze medalist tends to go, oh, wow, they were with a dark horse or, wow, all these people who didn't make it. I just made it onto the medal stand. Yeah, That's I mean, what they're thinking about. Now I hear, I hear you. I, for me, the the power of assumption here is so strong. I just feel like, without actually talking to these people about what, hey, do you remember what you were thinking about when you were up in the middle? They were like, yeah, I can't believe that they played the old national anthem. <laughs> that was so upsetting. That's not even our new national. No one caught it. I mean, whatever. It just it just strikes me that it is so massively presumptuous to say, you know, the reason why the and this is this to me, this to me is just like the space going cigar. I mean, this is the same issue as far as I'm concerned. If somebody's going, well, it could be this. So let's say it's this. And this is why when you write an academic paper about critical thinking, yeah. and there's that blind reviewer out there who yeah. says, this methodology is total trash. If you see that phrase, yeah, that's why. you know that's me. Wow. You know that's me going, wow. these studies are such trash. Well, and I'm... I'm, I'm it, I know, it sounds... It's fascinating. It's, it is fascinating. But how can... I mean, the AI says... The AI mm-hmm. says... And again, we don't know... that Because again... I could be stoked that I got second and not bronze. Yeah. Like, I could be absolutely tickled by that. It's just my dad well, died. What's another? Well, but. I missed my connecting flight, and now I'm not going to meet up with that person. Clearly, they had a persuasive pattern here. How would you explain that pattern? You think it's more idiosyncratic? I do. I, I would have a tough time. I mean, <clears throat> what we have here is an interesting phrase in the history of critical thinking as it shows up in philosophy. What, Even before we use the phrase critical thinking, and that is correlation does not ah, equal causation. All right. You, I, I hear you. Let the good people know what that means for those well, people who are not familiar with that. Okay. So what that means is just because facts line up in some way that you can go, oh, I see how these fit together, that doesn't mean that there is a cause and effect relationship. So that's the correlation the correlation is that all of the airplanes arrived on the same day the causation is well they were all scheduled to arrive on the same day if you say well all of these airplanes arrived on the same day because 
there is mm. because of some magic spell right. caused them all to land on the same day or because you know something else that we can't connect in any kind of a real data heavy way um, where we're making assumptions where we're saying well they all landed you know, in the same time on this day because of the way that I rolled the dice 35 years ago in this dice game. Okay, I hear you. Now, here's what they say to that. Okay, yeah, yeah, they good. They said that even without conducting interviews or hearing athletes' honest impression of their results, this kind of photo analysis can be revealing according to the researchers. Now, listen to their point of view. It is sometimes difficult to control our facial expressions, providing a lens into what people think and feel. I wish we had video on this. She'll be using that lens in the coming weeks when she takes in the Olympic performances. She said, and while her counterfactual thinking findings might not always hold true, on average, this effect plays out. She has crunched the numbers. <coughs> how you, can you have crunch, not. How can you crunch the numbers without talking to them? Well, I am. That is, whatever numbers she crunched are irrelevant. <laughs> she can fight me, critical thinking for everyone on Facebook. Wow. I mean, really, this is this is junk. I can't believe that someone lets this go through as an academic paper. The American paper. Psychological Association. I'll tell Come you, on. I can't believe what they will publish. What a bunch mm. of junk reviewers well, they have I at the think, American Psychological I don't Association. Know. I, think I think that organization's gotten too I big, you, perhaps. I think, I think maybe they don't have enough oversight. In this particular case, though, this this methodology has got to be called out from a critical thinking point of view, because if we don't have any way of going back to do interviews or to <laughs> talk to these people or find out what their state of mind was in any way, what we are doing is we are allowing the AI to make assumptions based on facial expressions, and we're acknowledging that sometimes, whatever percentage that is, these aren't accurate. But honest to God, we don't know how often because we don't check them at all. This well, is just like this I, is just like throwing coins out and I hoping guess something I comes really, back. I guess I really, I guess I really don't agree with oh. because the. Because the, I'm sure the artificial intelligence is based on some sound reasoning. Oh, boo. Right? It doesn't just, it's How not hopeful. just. <laughs> How hopeful of you. That is so optimistic. Well, and it also sounds like, to me, this rings true to human nature. It also. <laughs> so... <laughs> what? What? What word did you, what phrase just fell out of your mouth? Human nature. What? Yes. what? I feel like it's the human condition when you are, think of standing up on that podium and you just missed by milliseconds. You're going to be, this is what they say you do downward. The silver medalist does upward comparison and the bronze medalist does downward comparison. They might. I'm not saying they don't. What I'm saying this is. This is their theory. This is their theory. Okay. They're publishing it as a theory that they have. They that are they not. They can't test. Well, no, they're not publishing a theory. They already have the theory. They have the counterfactual theory, and they're saying this is an example of it. Right. And what I'm saying is we don't know if it's an example of it or not because no one has gone back to ask these athletes why they didn't look as exuberant as the AI okay. wanted them to okay. in the one photo that it analyzed. Okay, now wait a minute. This actually, you're pointing out the nature of scholarship. Some, there's a gap now, and this is a great dissertation topic for somebody. It should never be published because what it what it does is it says what the implications of this. The re, the whole reason I'm upset about this is the implications are that an AI with no information about me except one data point, 
right, that I just got the silver instead of the bronze or the gold. And it's analyzing my And they look at my face. It's going to then say what my thinking is, and people like this are going to publish that. And that becomes knowledge. And so as that knowledge works its way through the culture, eventually it's very easy for people to accept whatever wild-ass, that's a donkey, by the way, wild-ass, unverified um, analyses there are made by the computer. And I think that that is dangerous. That leads to credulity. Oh, you know what? I think we need. I think we need to take a closer look at their methods. I'm well, not saying right now on well, the air, but I well, I would feel compelled to do that. I would feel to compelled. To be fair-minded and really look at their methods. I would love to know if any reviewers in the APA looked at their methods. Wouldn't that be interesting for the sake of point of view to see if anyone has responded to this? I would just. It got a lot of. It's a, it's it a juicy fast. headline. Oh, yeah. It got oh, yeah. a lot of Just play. like the space going cigar. So. Uh, <laughs> Academia's full of it. Yeah. Okay. So so this other article um, about the same study gave <laughs> suggestions about implications for our everyday life. You know what it said? I, this is my whole. <laughs> this is my whole concern. Boom. It just happens in the same show. It's like five seconds apart. This I, We didn't write this at all. This is this is the actual slippery slope slope that we're all falling into. Well, wait a minute. You haven't even heard of it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> if we're basing it, if we're making any derivative scholarship off of this It's not scholarship. Thing. It was just something. It was just um, Huffington Post. I don't really know if I could call that scholarship. Journalism, maybe. Well, influential. Yeah, if, they, we're, if we're influencing what, based here's, on here's this. Here's what they say. Okay? I mean, well, just, just because, because. I will. But Instagram influencers aren't academic either. And they go, whoa, dude, the AI can read your face and it knows if you're happy or sad. Like just from far away, just from an old photo, like it's unbelievable. <laughs> and so you should purchase my friend's technology that does the same thing. It'll read your face. It'll tell the I emotions. I like your voice. I like your salesperson voice there. That's the one I've That's heard funny. on Instagram. <laughs> anyway. All right. Okay, what so they say. So with this, this is in the mind, second study. Okay. No, no, no. This is... <laughs> This is the same. This is them drawing conclusions about what this means for the average person. Oh, this okay. is the same study. This is them uh, now saying. Go ahead. Okay, this is a journalist. Okay, not the not the academicians who did the study. Okay, okay. this is the journalist. Okay. Okay. okay, so this is what this is what. Who is this? Hold on, I got to see who this is. This is Valerie Alexander, a contributor at the Huff Post. Okay, Valerie. Okay, who is by the way. Oh boy! Look at this critical thinking scholar, keynote speaker, corporate trainer, yeah, happiness yeah. in the workplace. Yeah, me too. Advancement me <laughs> too. <laughs> All those things. Okay. So, with this in mind, oh the way to stay happy is to commit to looking at your end result as the best possible outcome, and think of the alternate as whatever would have been much worse. Never compare what you've got, like a silver medal, to what someone else got, like a gold medal. But right. rather think of how astounding your final product is, like an Olympic medal of any color. And what it took to get there, and how happy it would make anyone else in the world who isn't you right now. Now, God, okay, I'm inspired. Valerie, God, just, woo. Valerie, I don't know about that. That's I'm a, not sure about that. Well, I mean, that's very at your positive. End result as the best possible outcome. Okay, you know what? Basically, this is there's there's a germ of something good here. Okay, the germ of this is gratitude. They have there has been good research done about when people focus okay. on gratitude, they actually cultivate a happier perspective about the reality of their life. Even if your day wasn't different, if you identify the five things you're grateful for 
as opposed to the five things that you're upset about or didn't go as well as you wanted, that you actually, it's the same scenario, but it's perspective taking. It's the perspective you took on that day or that scenario. So there is some interesting research about that. Yeah, yeah, I'll buy that. And I don't have any research, but I will say anecdotally, um, there are suggestions made in the help yourself literature from various cultures about how if I practice self-gratitude of some variety, it helps me accept things. Uh, accept things like that are accept things just as they are. You yeah. Mean? Yeah. Just, just as like they are. Accept things. Yeah. yeah. So, so do, the, you, do you do that? Oh, I mean, I, 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 I don't know that I'm very good at it. I think I'm aware of it. Um, sure. I do it some, I mean, I mean, I'm very, I'm grateful for a lot of simpler sorts of manifestations of some of the complex things that show up in my life. So, I mean, I'm not, you know, like I'm, I'm not very worried about the parking because I'm grateful to be driving and be able to sort of be autonomous, you know, in that way. And I'm not very concerned about, you know, the bus being late because at that point, you know, I'm grateful for the public transportation. Like I, like I try to I kind of try to work with point of view on that in a way that I think is useful. And I think that she's suggesting that. I, but I don't you know, I don't think the A.I. does that. So back to no, my But you know what? Point. I've been doing that and find it really effective. I think it is effective it because is. when we change our point of view to one where we're not, where we're more feeling more positive for the things we do have, then it seems like we can get some, you know, some positivity out of that even when we're lacking other things. Like it's just, I don't know, maybe it's Pollyannic. I don't know. It might just be me tricking well, myself no, sophisticately. I, I think there's, there's some real power to this. And um, I think... Again, it's not changing your situation. It's changing your perspective about the situation. It's very powerful, like how you can change, again, just tweak your thinking or your point of view. Yeah, but it might cause me not to struggle as much, which might be problematic in our capitalism. Mm, Well, well, okay, right. Everything is is (laughs) context-dependent. Well, I'm just saying if I'm really grateful, I mean, I like what you're saying, but if I'm really grateful all the time. (laughs) I'm just laughing because of that meme you posted. Oh, my God. That was was hilarious. I just it was like, oh, my God. It said it said it was something about (laughs) a parrot passed his dissertation defense by answering every question by it depends on the it was a (laughs) philosophy dissertation defense by saying it depends on the (laughs) successfully defended his dissertation in philosophy by just saying it depends (laughs) depends on the context I love that. Yeah, well, I that love- might have been useful for mine. What about yours? I don't know. I could have had that guy in there. <laughs> um, no, I, I, a great answer in a dissertation defense is to say this. Okay. Is you have a pen and pencil and they uh-huh. ask questions. You go, that is a great idea. I'm going to write that down for a future article. Ah, uh, yeah, there See? you go. Yeah. Isn't that good? Absolutely. That strokes their ego and gets you off the hook and yeah. indicates you're a curious, future-oriented scholar. I wish someone would have told me that when I was... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a good suggestion. I don't ever remember you saying it depends on context, though. Oh, man. I was trying to drill the context just as ridiculously as I could. Anyway, that was one of the funniest things I've I've seen. I'm glad that you enjoyed that. Um, And we hope that all of you enjoyed Patty's mirth. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Time to stretch after that. Oh, boy. 
Ah, how about a little critical thinking dance party? Because you deserve a break today. Get some! that wasn't inappropriate i don't think so i mean it is you know i mean i think that um if anyone's on the edge of impropriety on the radio it's probably me Mm. i will say though there is there is something i just wanted to make this one you know point about if we do kind of focus on being grateful or being centered in the present or maybe dare I say something like satisfaction like in our daily lives if we concern ourselves with stuff like that it becomes really hard for us to get wrapped up in the urgencies of mainstream culture you Mm. know it's like do I really need to go right now to the store with all of the other people to get that thing. Do I really that, need to go like to this hot new restaurant do, yeah, that, do I need where to, everything is like double the price? Well, and of, you're going to wait like, the, oh yeah, there's a wait, yeah. you know, like right. not only do you have to get on the waiting list, but then you get there, you have to wait, and you know. And the portions are so small. Well, whatever the problem is, it's like, why do I even, why can't what? I just do something that's a better use of my time? Now, if I enjoy all that, that's a different issue, of course, but a lot of us don't. The point is, 
when I'm when I perceive things as being inconvenient, if I don't feel an urgency for them, if I've changed my point of view such that they're not so important and driving of an influence, then I don't feel compelled to move everything around to go get that. Like it just doesn't it's just not as much of a of a force in my life if mm. I can do this thing. And what that means is, once again, I'm not going to buy stuff and I'm not going to go places and I'm not going to dress up and I'm not going to do the makeup and I'm not going to worry about the hip thing because I don't care. And that challenges much of the way of life that we talk about with mainstream American culture and lots of Western culture. That's one of the reasons why critical thinking, maybe to the extent that it helps us find this thread in our thinking, maybe it's... um, uh, problematic. Mm, it reminds me of this phrase, have less, enjoy more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right? Mm-hmm. Like instead of focusing on I want, I want, next thing, next thing, you have that, I want that, look at Brian's new car, I want that. Mm. I say, well, actually, I want to have fewer things and fewer, even fewer things on my calendar crowding me, must do, have to do, and more enjoy less. Yeah. Fewer things and less sort of hurrying around doing the things. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, our buddy Dr. Mogg talks about something like this, um, to have to have more fun with less stuff. Yeah, it's, he's really good at that. Yeah, and he likes to have... It's something he talks about where he's done this with activities, like for his birthday and for other like events and stuff, where the focus is on people doing things instead of people like like having things. Oh, so give me an example. Like Well, so like like there'll be a lot of games for people to play maybe at the party as opposed to a lot of food for people to eat. Oh, so, so it's, it's not, more about the doing than the having. Yeah, it's consuming. low stuff, high, high fun, high nice. impact. I wonder why I've never been invited. <laughs> because I guess because you're pure fun and I have no idea why yeah. not. I think we'll have to ask him. That reminds me of the time that um, I saw Justin about to leave in the parade, and I was wearing very high heels in my mm. work clothes. Mm. And he said, "Hey, why don't you join us in the parade?" And I like looked down at my three-inch heels, <laughs> like walking the parade, and I went, "Oh, I have a change of clothes in the car." And there you went from my gym, and I went. But you know, that's sort of something in there is a metaphor for Justin's <laughs> life and my life. I well, know. I will say you in that in that example, you had a lot of stuff. I I see. That's where stuff helped me. Yeah, that's yeah. where having stuff in my car of gym bag helped me. This is like an anti-sustainability message. Hmm. This feels very gray and messy. <laughs> If if you want to talk about it, you can reach out to us at Critical Thinking for Everyone on Facebook. I would love to bring Justin on the show again to talk about this concept. We should do that. We should bring Justin on the show. We should also uh, bring all those other people on the show that we've invited. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, we're working on that. I've right. reached out, and right. we've got Andreas El Paduro. He's mm-hmm. going to be com- talking about his book. He wants to come in September. Okay, good. And so we've got more. Maybe Cynthia Gnot, and I don't know about your dad, Larry. Maybe Larry wants to come back mm-hmm. and talk to us. Yeah, yeah, we can talk. We so, can, yeah, we'll see what we yeah. can do. So I, since we're talking about perspective and point of view, I found this rich 
uh, passage from Richard Palmland, Elder, from the second edition of Critical Thinking Tools for Taking Charge of Your Learning in Your Life. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. And this I thought was really rich. All right. Okay. All right. Rich. So they say most of us are little aware of the extent to which factors shape our point of view. And mm. when they say factors, they mean things like our culture, our religion, our gender, our profession, sure. our peer group. Sure. Right. All of these things are baked into our point of view. Sure. Right. They're they're yep. they're col they color how we see the world. Mm -hmm. They see typically most people do not say, this is how I see it from the point of view of dot dot dot, like the point of view of as an educator or as a you know, as a neighbor in the zip code or whatever. Typically, people say something that implies this is the way things are, meaning they don't typically identify my point of view as a mom or as a uh, landowner or as a social activist or, right, they're, they're saying that that's not what most people, like they don't identify the lens from which, the point of view from which they're coming. Instead, they just say, well, this is, this is what reality is, or this is how things are, hmm. right? They, in other words, my point of view is truth with a capital T. There hmm. tends to be that sure. egocentric tendency we all have. Sure, our minds tend to absolutize our experience. We easily lose a sense of the partiality of how we look at things. This is not an argument for intellectual relativity, meaning the self-refuting view that everything is relative and therefore nothing can be proven. Hmm. Looking at things from some other point of view does not negate our ability to distinguish accurate from inaccurate statements. Doctors look at patients from the point of view of med medical health. And that does not make their diagnoses relative or arbitrary. As in the case of all the elements of thought, right, because point of view is just one of those fundamental building blocks of critical thinking, we take charge of point of view by practicing bringing it out in the open, making it explicit. I actually was reading this and thinking about times that I do that in my life where mm. I say, you know, as an educator, when I was preparing my kids for, to send them off to college, I was probably giving them more information and more <clears throat> admonitions than I would because I am an educator. I came sure. from that point of view. So sure. I found sometimes as a critical thinking, I'm thinker, I'm good at identifying that lens or that bias that's leading me in any observation or conclusion. Well, that's good. I mean, we, we can't really do anything about those biases unless we can identify them, right? Right. And yeah. we can qualify them and go, you know what? I'm saying this as a, as a, uh, as a woman who's experienced X, Y, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can, Brian, you know, this is my point of view. And you could say, well, you know what? I've never experienced that, but I've experienced this. Sure, sure. As, as a white male or as a long-haired guy yeah. or a sustainability guru. What mm. are you? Who? What are any of us? <laughs> Who are any of us? Depends on the context. <laughs> <laughs> Who let that parrot in here? Thing out of here. Is that this university? Uh, so, so I think that it, to me, it's such to me point of view and perspective taking is such a fundamental part of critical thinking. To me, it's one of the richest building blocks of critical thinking. It gives me the sometimes the most the richest 
stuff to work with. And that's why it's the foundation of the De Bono thinking hat method. Whoa. Bam! You you just did not bring that up. I mean, it's nothing but point of view, that thing. It is. And it's very popular. Very popular. Multiple points of view. Okay. We need to explain what that is. Give people a primer. Or you want me to? Okay. So basically, Edward De Bono has an approach to critical thinking called hat what a colored hat six hats i can't remember the exact six name six thinking hats six thinking hats that's what it's called and he posits that to do a good critical thinking thorough analysis of a situation a problem anything you simply take different intentional focus perspectives and each one of these perspectives is represented by a color. So like the black hat, yeah. quote unquote, like, okay, I'm going to look at this problem. And I'm going to put on my black hat. The black hat is like the naysayer, mm. right? That is the person that's like, okay, what's the problem with mm-hmm. going on here? What are the, the negatives involved? Mm-hmm. And do you remember some of the other colors? The blue hat is about the rules. Okay. Like, to what extent does this correspond or not with existing rules? You know, what, what uh, limitations in the system that are sort of inflexible should we be aware of? Okay. And then I'm I trying to remember. the green hat is totally positive. Like you can only be in support. Yeah. And then yellow, I think, is the creative hat. Well, how, what are some other ways we could? There's a white could, hat. We yeah. need to, you know, we need to go. We, we wrote something on this a while ago. We need to go we back and look at these. Did. And we anybody did. can go and find out lots Six of information about these. In fact, our article on this has got over 1,500 views. Can you believe that? Well, I mean, nobody looks at any of my stuff that much, so I think that that's fine. Thank goodness somebody. We really drew a lot of people in on this article. I think mm, it's probably maybe worth a show, do you think? (laughs) But, oh, maybe we do that because we're doing the visuals and we bring the hat, colored hats in when we do the visuals. What do you think? Well, we could. I mean, that that does actually lead to two important features about the hats and one of them is that um, this is really designed for group thinking like that's the real the six hats yeah Yeah. that's the real usefulness of it from de bono's point of view and and he has uh you know a corporation uh in australia and the united states and i'm sure elsewhere that um you know uses this for various kinds of um he gets a lot of mileage out of these colored hats. Well, he does. And, and he's done a lot of proliferating not only the idea, but going into more details about the idea for <clears throat> a couple of decades now. But at any rate, the two things that we're supposed to remember about the hats in particular, whatever their colors are and however we conceive of those, one is um, that they really are the most useful and and the most um, flexible if you're doing thinking in a group, so with more than one point of view at a time, so more than one person. And the other thing is that when you're in the group, you're only supposed to use one hat at a time. So you're not supposed to give everybody a different colored hat and have them represent that. Everyone's supposed to be the blue hat. Everyone's supposed to be the black hat. Everyone's supposed to be the red hat. Right. You take these turns. And then by doing that, the idea is that you get sort of a thorough look at At that angle on the point of view. Right. At that. I mean, these are all points of view. Right. Literally, because you have hats. That are being put on. Yeah. The metaphor of using an imaginary hat or cap as a symbol for a different thinking direction was first mentioned by De Bono as early as 1971. Yeah. He called it 
lateral thinking, thinking. Didn't yeah he? when describing thinking. a brainstorming framework okay. and that's why and that's the thing you move around around in the group in lateral thinking right i mean you're taking on different perspectives yes. one at a time yeah the, I, this is different from what we're often talking about it is and in lateral thinking in particular is kind of moving us away from sort of more linear thinking which is Right. But because by giving us different perspectives, we are sort of like holding up a diamond and turning it and looking at the different facets. Right. This is just one straightforward look at it. Right. And there are different ways to use this stuff, of course, you know, in De Bono's system. But, you know, one of the one of the very basic ways to use it is that you kind of have a a time limit. Mm-hmm. Right. And for this for this period of time, we're all going to go hard as the yellow hat. Right. Or we're right. all going to go hard as, as the, the blue, blue hat. hat. Okay. And and then when time's up, then we stop that thinking. We don't pursue that anymore. We're going to come back to that. Right. Like we're, we're taking notes on this. We're capturing things. And then when we come back. We're going to follow up as we think, you know, they, mm. they're important for our process or whatever it is we're doing. Look at this. So we're looking at Wikipedia. Look at this. Look at one of his books was Master Thinker's Handbook from 1985. Look at this one from 1991. It's called His book is called I Am Right, You Are Wrong. Ooh. Wow. Tough. De Bono is, oof. We'll have to go back and check it out. I'm sure he's just, I'm sure he's a controversial thinker. You think, yeah. Well, yeah. apparently you can get certified in this approach. You can. Yeah, I'm sure it costs a pretty penny. I had no idea. So, yeah. so anyway, maybe, maybe we'll do with the hat dance. <laughs> That's right. Since we're going video, we could we can, have a. We, we can bring in different hats. Yeah, yeah. We, we can bring get in permission though. Copyright. Well, sure. We can, and we can, we can play the song. If we get somebody else to play the song, we don't need permission. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and that. then yeah, and then we can um, bring in the different hats and design different dances for them. Okay. Which has nothing to do with critical thinking. All right. What did, what did, what just stuff you got for the last seven minutes? Well, I just wanted to mention. You know, some people um, have been talking to me lately about the idea that that. There's a lot of stuff that's critical thinking, and some of it seems more complex than others. Oh, people have been talking to you about that. Well, occasionally. I mean, I was at the um, I was at the critical the thinking, thinking conference, conference. Yeah, yeah, last month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, been talking to some other folks. And there's a you know there's just this issue of we're talking about it all the time. But I thought I'd bring in another tool to help us with this. How do we know something is like good from a critical thinking point of view as opposed to not good? Right. Like how do we make meaning quality? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not the thinking, but the the tools that we're using to do the thinking. Oh, okay. So there's lots of tools out there. Like what's what's effective and what isn't. Yeah. Like De Bono comes in and says, I got lateral thinking with these hats. Yeah. So how do we. Yeah. I mean, before like like, you know, I mean, as part of our process of assessment, what tools do we use for critical thinking systems? Mm. And so that's something that Richard Paul talked about. I got a. uh, I got an article here um, from him. Uh, this one is the late Richard Paul, um, who we miss dearly. Absolutely. I don't know. Oh, uh, two, uh, two, uh, 2011. Jeez. 2011 article um, and in which he talks about frameworks – um, that might that might call themselves critical thinking frameworks, okay. and how do you assess those? If they're any good or not? Yeah. So here's what he said: Philosophers claiming to teach students critical thinking in an authentic way 
owe the faculty at large a robust and intelligible conception of the diverse forms and manifestations of critical thinking and the manner in which those forms interrelate. So that's what he's trying to lay out here are six principles. Every approach to critical thinking can be better understood by mapping it systematically on each of the following six polarities. And so these are polarities are ideas that say there's a range and this critical thinking idea that we're talking about this technique or this approach or this you know statement or whatever is somewhere on each of these six ranges hmm. when it comes to critical things. So, for example, the technique makes its own processes explicit or it does not, which means they remain implicit. So I'm thinking about, like, somebody who might be um, doing a, a, a math problem. A lot of times they can spit out the answer, but they don't show us the math. Right. So when I'm being explicit... As a person doing the math, I'm showing all of the steps. I'm making sure others yeah. see the steps. And so a lot of times in critical thinking methodology or whatever, there might not be a real process there. They just might say, you know, point of view opens the mind. I see. And you go, oh, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Point of view like, opens the mind. this blue hat, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so we say, well, I mean, we might ask, well, I mean, how, how does it? Like, what, right, what right, is it about point right. of view that does How that? How do I do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that would be making it explicit versus keeping it hidden, which would be implicit. And so the question is, I think, for this Richard Paul article, to what extent does the system show its own moves mm. as opposed to the system keeping those moves kind of to itself? Right. Because it is a lot easier to make stuff up, for example, if I don't show people how I did it. So asking people, hey, how did you get to draw that conclusion? Where did you get your information? Yep. We touched on this last week. Yep. Is a really powerful critical thinking move. Yeah, questioning in general, but absolutely people these direct like questions, that. they sure people don't. don't like that. They don't. They don't. Another thing that Richard talks about in terms of a polarity, I mean, I'm not going to go through all these uh, just because we don't have time, but he talks about, this is something that comes up a lot, ordinary language versus technical yeah, language. Yes. So to what extent... Fancy language, yeah. Yeah, to what extent is the method or the process or the system being hidden behind jargon or some kind of technical language like this esoteric academic stuff yeah yeah and often like you have to learn that specialized language before you could ever benefit from any of the thinking like you can't understand the the thinking until you actually learn all the technical stuff and what's really problematic about that is in a great many cases you could have talked about the thinking without reference to any of that stuff. We want to know, well, how did that happen? If somebody says, well, it's really magical and you have to really put a lot into it, especially money for me, before you can get any of that, we ought to be skeptical because critical thinking tools, as we really should know by this point, are for everyone. Even you. Hey, the money's not for us. It's for Forward Radio. Forwardradio.org to donate. Donate! Ah!